0: You're listening to Proven Perspectives, a podcast with John Hawkins, the founder of Leadership Edge Incorporated. I'm Laura, John's daughter, and in each episode, we will explore a topic related to life, leadership, or mentoring. Through nearly 50 years of faith in Christ, John has learned proven life and leadership perspectives that will equip listeners for a lifestyle of leadership in their marriages, families, careers, communities, and churches. Hey dad.
1: Hey Laura, it is good to hear your voice always.
0: It's always good to hear your voice too. How are you doing?
1: This is wild. I I can't even remember why, but earlier this week I was listening to one of our earlier podcasts. Okay. And it begins with me going off about, it's a beautiful Friday afternoon <laughs> in Southern California. And this afternoon, Janet and I are gonna go walk on the beach. And I'm like, this is like uh, Groundhog's Day. It's, yeah. like, it's a beautiful <laughs> Friday afternoon. It is lovely here. And uh, pretty well after we get through this recording, Janet and I are heading to the beach to walk around. So that's it's, it's awesome. A good day.
0: Well, yes. good. Are you guys gonna go like to, do you know where you're gonna go? I like think around kind the of Newport pools or, Beach. Or, okay.
1: Crystal Cove, kind of beautiful that area. It's some of the most beautiful beaches I've ever been to. So mm-hmm. somewhere somewhere down there we'll go.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I feel like Friday afternoons in the summer are just yeah, it's a good yeah. feeling, you know. <laughs>
1: it is so much.
0: Yeah. Well, good. Well, Dad, today our topic is faith and faithfulness in the middle years. Um, wow. and I know that Faith and faithfulness are two of the things that you most consistently pray for yourself, and I know you've asked me to pray that for you a number of times. Um, And those are things that I've been thinking about a lot lately, so I'm really looking forward to us talking about it. As am I. So first, let's just lay some groundwork. Like, what do you mean when you pray for faith and faithfulness, and why are those such consistent prayer requests for you?
1: Well, faith to me is... uh trusting in Jesus believing in Jesus when it's really hard hmm, yeah that's what I that's kind of the definition my working definition of faith It is trusting in him believing in him even when it's really hard and that can be you know our first moment of faith when we actually come to faith in Christ but it can also be every day after that where yeah and the challenges of life where it's tough we're trusting him. But it seems that trusting, you know, can't just be a mental agreement, you know, it has to have action. And so God calls me to faith to believe him, but he also calls me to faithfulness. And what I mean by faithfulness is moving forward by the faith that God's given me. So putting that belief in Him in action in my marriage, in my family, in my career, in my community, in my church, and especially when it's hard, when it's challenging to do so. So, yeah, it's been an important thing. Uh, those that I've mentored, so many of them, uh, as they've asked me how they could pray for me, uh, I always tell them pray the big six. And the <laughs> the big, big six. The big six are wisdom, <laughs> faith, and faithfulness. Grace, humility, and perseverance. Hmm. And I definitely have needed all six of those through the years, but, you know, two of the first three are faith and faithfulness. And I think in terms of scripture that have made this important to me is, you know, you run into Hebrews eleven six, which I'm sure we've talked about a zillion times on this podcast, but it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hmm. yeah. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he rewards those who seek him. And so, you know, God put in my heart as a, as a teenage boy that I wanted to please him. And so then you collide into Hebrews eleven six, and it's like, okay, you want to please him? Well, that means that you're going to believe in him. And again, Hebrews eleven six even gets to what that belief looks like. It bl- looks like believing that He is, you know, that He's right there with me, and that if I seek Him, uh, you know, He'll bless me. Hmm. And so that uh, that's been important to me. And, it, and I think another verse that that uh, kind of correlates to that is, you know, like Hebrews. I'm sorry, J- John six forty. This is Jesus speaking, for this is the will of my Father that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. And then earlier, where it says, when Jesus says, this is the work of God, or the will of God, this is what God wants, and it is that you believe in him whom he has sent, But then there's just, you know, if you do a word search of belief, believe through the Gospels, it's pretty much every chapter Jesus is talking about, I want you to believe me. Or he marvels like with the centurion's faith or with a woman who appears in her Mm. faith. Mm -hmm. And then he's just so displeased when he's met with unbelief when people yeah. don't believe him. Mm-hmm. And so all that, you know, through the now almost 52 years that I've been a Christian, has just made it really important that, okay, no matter what I say or do today about I want to be a man who lives for God, who pleases God, at, at the core of that has to believe, be, I believe him. I believe everything his word says to me, and I believe to the point to where I live out my life in faithfulness to him.
0: Hmm. Man, that's really good. I feel like you just gave me some really succinct like understandings. Like, for example, that faith is believing god and then faithfulness is acting on that belief and then to kind of boil down what i think you just said about why that's something that's so important to you and to ask people or to pray for yourself and ask people to pray for you is that it matters so much to god and that the reward of like living by faith and knowing him is great like is that kind of that does that fit with what you were saying
1: yeah it, it yeah and 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 again the the faithfulness part Isn't just okay, I believe, and so I'm gonna act, you know, differently. It's okay, what is it? Is I believe, and I'm going to look to that belief to fuel my living it out.
0: Hmm. So,
1: faithfulness isn't just okay, I believe him, so I'm gonna go do this. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, faithfulness is I believe. And fueled by that belief, I will follow him. I will. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, you're right. I, I think, um, gee, you know, it, there's so many parts of the faith, of, of the Christian life, and it's just, it's just almost like on every page in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And yet those of us who have been Christians for a long time, we just blow right by them. Hmm. And I think, in the Gospels, how much Jesus emphasizes belief and how much he is grieved by unbelief we it's just like we don't see that mm-hmm. and yet it's it is on pretty much every page. one of my favorite ones is John eleven forty I think it is where hmm. you know Lazarus has died and um uh, Jesus didn't come to heal him before he died. He yeah. gets there. The sisters are pretty ticked with him. And, and you know, he's weeping, so, you know, he deeply cares. But instead of saying, you know, oh, I'm so sorry I didn't get here in time, he says to the sisters, he says, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Mm-hmm. And, boy, did they see the glory of God. Yeah. You know.
0: Like he gave them something better, but there was pain in the process.
1: Yes, and their belief had to stand firm even when Jesus didn't show up to heal them before Mm -hmm. his
2: death. Mm -hmm. Man, that's good, Dad.
1: He was, he was like. In that story, John Levin, it's so remarkable. Like everyone, all the people are all just up in arms about this guy's going to die. And, and he's someone, Jesus, that you love dearly. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the plane they're on. And Jesus, throughout the whole passage, the two things he's talking about is belief and the glory of God. Hmm. And so repeatedly, you'll see Jesus is... Sentences in that chapter being about this is about God being glorified, this is about people believing in me. Mm -hmm. And it's an interesting, uh, just kind of how it tends to be so many times when we're just on one level almost just ranting at God about something, and He's like, He's like on a whole different. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is this right. is what is important here. Yeah. What's important isn't how this turned out. What's important is, do you believe me? Yeah. You know, uh, and you know, Laura, we were we were just talking a, a dear friend of ours. Uh, he and his family were recently uh, right amid one of the mass shootings in our country, hmm. with with literally bullets going off all around them.
0: It's horrible.
1: And and yet as I as I talked to that man this morning, uh, his belief was firm. hmm And it was it was remarkable. You know, mm-hmm. and and his concern was how how do I help, you know, one someone dear in his life who was there, how do I help them to believe? hmm When they're so shook up by it all yeah so i think it's it's that kind of thing when you know when lazarus isn't kept from dying yeah or when the worst thing does happen yeah uh, do we what jesus like a lot of times we go to jesus with why uh-huh. and his response is what now hmm. and and we're you know God explained this. how could this be? Why didn't you prevent this? Yeah, and Jesus is he doesn't really answer why too much, but he always points us to what now? like what will you do now? What will you believe now? hmm That's what he wants to know. yeah,
0: yeah. Well, and going back a few minutes ago to, like, when you were talking about the distinction of, and the example you just gave is such a great example of this, because you were saying it's not just, okay, I have faith, so then I'm going to just act on that faith, but that the faith is what gives us fuel. Because, you know, it's easy to read these, like, far-removed Bible stories, I mean, they can seem far-removed, they're not, but but and kind of... Even find humor and like the lack of belief, and yet I'm this, you know, like I'm the same way. And it is, it's, it's um, living by faith in those moments are certainly like the moment you're describing, you know, of this family walking through the aftermath of a mass shooting. It's mm-hmm. you, you have to have fuel. You can't uh, yes. manufacture it yourself.
1: Absolutely, and I think that's why we we love it. When we read the man who runs up to Jesus and says, Mm. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Yeah. Because that's the street we all live on. Uh You know. We if we've known the Lord, if we love the Lord, we do believe. And yet some of us, some parts of us are not so much. Uh Uh-huh. And and we yeah, we identify with that.
0: Totally. Well, and I want to ask you specifically about faith and faithfulness kind of in the middle of the timeline. Notice I didn't say middle age,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: not middle age, the middle yeah. of the timeline, yes. like 30s to 50 ish. Um. And here's why I'm thinking about this is, you know, as you well know, I'm turning 40 this year. <laughs> and and which is so weird. And Adam's already in his 40s. Um. And then, you know, we're halfway with Shelby, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is crazy. Um, Halfway with her being home. You know, Adam and I have been married 13 years. We've been at um, our awesome church for 10 years. Um, Adam's been at the same law firm for 17 years. So, like, kind of in every way, we're just kind of, you know... like trudging sounds maybe more negative than what I feel about it. But just, you know, it's kind of just day after day, keeping on going. And like the honeymoon and the baby showers all feel really (laughs) far behind, you know, like um, we're like definitely into the reality of things. Um, But we still have a long way to go. So the finish line isn't, you know, it's not looming right in front of us. And so I think one of the struggles in this season is complacency or distraction at least for me, um, a lot of the days are kind of the same, and there's a lot that's going on, so it can be easy to lack intentionality. And yet, I know that we're moving towards a big day, um, you know, lots of big days. So you've been where I am now, and you have the benefit of hindsight. What advice do you have in the middle?
1: Well, it is, as you said, the go-go years. You're just you're just going there's just mm-hmm. a lot going on and and honestly, laura a lot of times i look at your and adam's lives right now and i just think you know how do they do it all and and you know they, they you're still fun to be with and it seems like you and adam still love each other well and you certainly love your kids well and though yeah i was in those years and and like you i had three kids Janet and i did um it just seems. Uh, I look at you guys and I think, gosh, it, it is really hard. I, I've said, uh, you know, through the years, and I'm sure on this podcast that, um, and you have to in your 30s learn endurance because you're going to need it to get through your 40s. Yes. I, <laughs> I, I, I tend to think that there really is like a 20 year slog of basically 30 to 50 and um you know that it looks different with different people and all that but of just really being stretched you know your your family's growing your responsibilities are growing your involvement like in your church is growing Mm -hmm. your um your kids begin to have their own schedule as well Mm -hmm. uh you know, if you're working outside of the home, your career is moving forward. Uh, you're also, you know, having aging parents, which, you know, for you, I'm one of those who... It's You, you guys know, are a blessing, but yeah, I hear what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, who, you know, are going to eventually need more of your help, maybe. And and so it it is a, it's a long path. And I think that you can't cling to what your devotional life was like in college or pre-marriage. Huh. Uh, in some ways, I think you have to learn, okay, how do I get happy in Jesus every morning now? Like, how, how yeah. do I do that now? And really, better stated, God how how can you bring me to be happy in you today? Because hmm. it's not our devotional life, our quiet time is never us jumping through the hoops. It is always going to him with really an empty cup and saying, God, please fill my cup again today. Yeah. Please speak to my mind and heart from your word today. So I think... What am I trying to say here? I think what I'm trying to say is you you have to kind of let go of how things were in the past when you had a lot more time and, and all that. And... And and you can't get into well should I do a Bible reading plan or should I you know do this study or that study I mean you have to think about things like that but your hope isn't that you're going to find some formula yeah your hope is God knows where He has you He knows the pressures of your life mm-hmm. and as you humbly go to Him each day and say God just you know please fill me up you know as, as I say. God I can sit down, I can open the Bible, I can read the words. I can't penetrate my heart with it. Mm-hmm. Only only you can do that. Mhm. So uh, that's that's what I think. Lord, yeah. I think you have to in a sense free yourself of how you used to do it or how somebody else you know does it or Yeah. you know, and just each day, God, please please bring me to know you. Please bring me into peace with you. Yeah. Is is that is that helpful? No, or totally.
0: That, that And okay. that's not at all what I expected you to say. I don't know that I knew what I expected you to say, but it wasn't exactly that because <laughs> yeah. it sounds like what you're saying is one of the big barriers to faith and faithfulness can be expectations. And I think I have can see that in myself of like, I'll kind of go into the day with like, okay, these seventeen things need to happen. And then, you know, things start not happening the way I expect. And that's one of the biggest barriers to me having joy. And the thing that I'm realizing is, okay, if I'm like losing my cool over and over again, like at a certain point this is like it's a faith issue. Like I'm not trusting yeah. God with the day He's actually giving me, you know? Um so yeah, that's really interesting.
1: Yeah, so- and it could also be that, you know, maybe you're not trusting him with the day, but it could also be that you have miscast who you are in the day.
0: What does that mean?
1: Well, it could be that you have, you know, one of my challenges is I tend to be like hyper responsible. Uh And I tend to think everything's up to me. I've got to make it happen. I've got to pull it off. I've got to, you know, get all these things lined up. And if I'm honest, I realize I have no idea how to do all that, but <laughs> it's still up to me. Yeah. And in some ways faith and faithfulness can quickly turn into what I call me and mefulness. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to where yeah. my trust isn't <laughs> in funny. God, it's, it's in me. It's not doing too well. Yeah. <laughs> and somehow I'm expecting me to fuel me through. The day.
0: Or you at my house this morning. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> no, uh, yeah. I, I yep. had no spies. Uh, <laughs> Brings <But yeah, laughs> the... a little bit to you. Yeah. 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 Totally. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so I know we're both gardeners. You had this beautiful yard in North Carolina with crepe myrtles and hydrangeas and lots of other things, and now you're adjusting to Southern California plants because the climate's totally different. Um, and then I have a couple of raised beds with vegetables and herbs and strawberries, and I've been thinking, here's my tie-in, yeah. I've been thinking that there's a lot of gardening concepts that apply to this topic today, and so I'm going to use that theme for the next few questions. So... Right first of all, the soil. You know, I think before I started gardening from like an elementary understanding of science, I knew, you know, plants need dirt, soil, uh, they need dirt, sun, and water to grow. And I kind of thought that dirt was dirt. (laughs) But uh, thanks to Dee from church, I've been learning that great vegetable gardeners, you know, they spend a lot of time working on this soil. And between seasons, they're, you know, mending the soil to add back nutrients and um, so that the next season's plants will have the nutrients they need. And then once the plants are in the ground, every month or two, they're adding nutrients, maybe nitrogen or calcium to the soil. And so the result of that is really green, beautiful plants and more good fruit. Because if you don't add nutrients, then the ground becomes depleted. Yeah. And so I think the word depleted is just a perfect descriptor of what happens at least, I mean, I see it in Adam and I over time with plants, you know, the growing season is a couple of months, but humans need to keep growing for decades. And that's like, you know, in the midst of growing tired or discouraged or whatever, we get depleted. So like, what practices have helped you to be faithful over time? And then this, I know you talked a little bit about verses, so it may be that nothing different comes to mind, but are there verses or truths about God that really sustain you when you feel depleted?
1: Yeah, gosh, your question about the soil. You have Dee, who we we now know Dee and, and love her dearly. In our neighborhood in North Carolina, we had Joe, who was uh-huh. like a pa- patriarch and really... One of the people I love the most from from Durham, and uh, he w- he's just like a master gardener. And so when I we first bought the house, he comes over uh, as I'm trying to figure out what to do in the yard because everything's dying, and he looks at me like you poor soul. <laughs> and he says, "Take you under his wing." He says, "John, you need to amend your soil," <laughs> and, and like kind of like. Any idiot can see, John, that what you need is to amend your soul. But it's so funny. I think that's right. And and it does get leached out. It does get depleted. And I I I'm of several minds on that. I mean okay. the Bible gives us some clear instructions. It says, Cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. Yeah. Or Jesus says, Take on my yoke for my burden is easy you know my load is is light so you know there there is the sense of if I'm depleted you know I must go to Jesus yeah and and, and tell him the state of my soul and you know I need to do anything that the Bible would tell me to do yeah Like, you know, one of the things that Bible tells us about is the idea of Sabbath, and that there is to be regular rest, and yet I hardly know of anything that's harder when you're in your go-go years, you know, with small kids and stuff, as to how to build like a Sabbath into a week, Hmm. because it just, it really is challenging. That doesn't mean it's impossible, but... Building in regular rest and refreshment is important. I think another part of this, though, is a lot of times we don't know what to do to refresh ourselves. Like we can say, okay, I just need to, you know, chill out, put on a movie, eat some popcorn, and just veg. Uh huh. And that may be a great thing to do, but you know, two hours later when the movie's over, we don't feel any more refreshed and our perspective is not any clearer than it was before we started. And so, you know, maybe it's was good for us to take a break, but did that really help or, or not? And so I, I think we have to cast it upon him, but we also have to tell him, God, I don't know what to do to recharge. I don't know what to do to get refreshed. You know, is it more time in the word? Is it being out in nature? Is it having a conversation with, you know, a a dear soul that is really always a a help to me? Is it it maybe an act of service where I just get out of myself and go serve someone? Hmm. And God refreshes me through that. So I completely agree with you that we get depleted and that we need, to be recharged the challenge that i find is we really need his help yeah to figure out how to do that i have a dear friend who is a wonderful christian counselor named dr charlie schaefer and in a season when i was seeing uh, charlie as a client he talked to me about uh, what he called rejuvenation and that a lot of times rejuvenation was tied to creativity, whether, whether it meant like being out in nature, seeing God's creativity in nature and, and being kind of fueled by that, or maybe doing something creative ourselves. And that kind of begins to get juices going. So that can be an approach. But again, to, to sum up, you're exactly right. And with that, we have to go to the Lord and to His Word and think about, God, what is it that would refresh me, restore me right now?
0: Mm Hmm. Yeah, that's good. One, One thing that I hear you saying is like, it's good to have strategies or practices, but underneath that has to be dependence on God in that.
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly, because he made us, he crafted us, Uh and even in our fallen, sinful self, he still he still is the one who best understands what we need, and we go to him and to his word, yeah, to hear it.
0: Awesome. Okay. Well, so Dad, um, I was thinking about how I planted my first garden in 2016, and that was the year that Sadie, sweet Sadie, our youngest, was born. And so that year I planted all this stuff and then I kept forgetting to water it and everything died, oh, <laughs> especially after does. Sadie was born in July. And so at the end of that first season, I just decided, you know, I just have a black thumb. I don't yeah. think I ever would have planted another garden if it hadn't been for 2020. Mm-hmm. But then in 2020, there was absolutely nothing else to do and <laughs> so that summer my kids and I probably spent I mean at least an hour or two out there every day um just you know weeding and watering and getting rid of the worms and um the garden did great and so it turns out you know I am capable of gardening it just takes more time than I had been able to give it the year that Sadie was born so you know in fate in 2016 faithfulness to my family just didn't leave a lot of time for a garden and that's okay mm-hmm. Um, I know I've heard you call these middle decades the go-go years. Mm-hmm. And so I have a couple of questions about time um, and faithfulness. How do you, The first is, how do you make decisions about how to prioritize your time so that you can be faithful in the most important things? Like if you can't do it all, how do you prioritize?
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> I you may not realize this, but you know the answer to this because I see you do it all the time. Like you, you list out the things that seem most important to you. And then you go and talk with Adam about them and Hmm. you and Adam, you know, come to, uh, agreement with that. And, and, you know, sometimes I've, you've asked me or, or Janet or others around any thoughts we have, but yeah, I think you, you list out the things and then prayerfully and with, you know, agreement with your spouse, uh, you put them in order and then prayerfully pursue them. You know, Elizabeth Elliot uh, used to say that there is always time to do the will of God. Hmm. And I absolutely believe that. But it it insinuates that we have to get clear and accurately clear about what is the will of God. Because there's not always time to do everything that's on my list. Yes. And, and there's not... Always time to do everything that everyone else in my church is doing, or all my neighbors are doing, or everyone on TikTok, whatever that is, is doing. But you know, there is there is time to do the will of God. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. No, and totally. For those of That's you good. who are TikTok <laughs> aficionados, you can send in dummy guides for it if you think. I, I was I need gonna it.
0: say, I'd love to hear you talk. <laughs> more about <laughs> about TikTok, maybe on the next podcast. Yeah. So, okay, so that um, was one of the things I wanted to ask you about time. Then, And this is probably a harder question. So what, like, because some things we just need to say, nope, I can't do that. But the harder thing is, how do you balance faithfulness in all the non-negotiable responsibilities in yeah. the busy middle years?
1: Well, you know, certainly prayerfully, uh, certainly with you know uh, we use the phrase extending ourselves grace, well, really, it's like believing in God's grace. huh know. that's Bel- good. Believing in God's grace. And then again, as as dear Elizabeth Elliot uh, would say, uh, do the next thing. you know the hmm. I think if there was one mantra, one message from her life, it was do the next thing and and so. In doing the next thing, you may have no idea how you're ever going to get the fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth things done. Yeah. But you can do the next thing, and then God will meet you there, and then when it's time for the next thing, you do that thing. You know, all along, trusting it all to God, because again, you, you know, you may have 20 things on the list, and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to get past the first three. Well... I don't either, but you do the next thing. I think that's what faith and faithfulness looks like.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: God, I've got all these 20, as best I can understand, you want me to do them all. I have no idea how that's ever going to happen. Yeah. But instead of wasting time worrying about all that, God, just help me to do the next thing. With yeah. my trust in you, and then believe that, and then when I get to the second next thing, you'll be there uh, to help me, and and I, you know, I did learn that from Elizabeth Elliot, but I've learned that also practically in my yeah. own life. I think, I think all of my life, uh, I just live in a cloud of, of just almost frozenness sometimes, unless I can get things written down. Of this is what I need to do, and and prioritizing those, but then. You know, trusting him as I'm, as I'm moving through the list, and I I think for any of our listeners who, like me, are older, you certainly need to know that in your older years because you have less energy, and most of us have less mental focus. Uh huh. And so, uh, you you just have to learn to do the next thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's good, Dan. Well. Um, another question that I have for you is, you know, in gardening, a gardener has a lot of control over certain things. You get to choose what you want to plant, what you're going to plant in the sunny spots, what you're going to plant in the shade. But then obviously there are major things that are outside the gardener's control, things like weather. Um, and it makes me think of where Paul talks about, you know, like I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking, you know, like... You're saying we get to choose to live by faith and to walk in faithfulness or, you know, rely on god's strength to do things and then god gets to choose what grows so i think another pitfall as i look back over seasons where i've really struggled i think another pitfall in these middle years can be just discontentment with what god chooses for me and so my question and maybe that even kind of gets into what you were saying earlier about like our expectations for what life's gonna look like you know Mm -hmm. but um You know, my question for you is looking back on your life so far, like why is faith and faithfulness worth it over time, even if maybe the results aren't what we expected?
1: Why is it worth it? I think why it's worth it is if you keep growing in the Lord, the thing that just keeps burning, like almost literally burning inside of you, you want to honor and glorify him Hmm. and he's telling you up front you can't do that unless you believe me and with that belief fueled by that belief take action and so i think what makes it worth it i mean there's certainly other benefits i mean the transformative effect it has on someone's life to be a person of faith and faithfulness you you become more what you hope you'll be.
0: Isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah that's a great. And
1: point. and blessing it is to others. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I I think that whatever blessing I am to you and Adam and the, the kids, you know, at the core of it is, you know, I I have believed him and I yes. have sought to continue to to follow him through that. Belief. So I think the, the why, why is it worth it, is because that's what you long for. That's what, you know, I, I think two of the most overlooked books in the Bible, one is Ecclesiastes, hmm. which basically just says, life's a mess, and, and you better keep it real simple, or you you're not going to get through it very well. Hmm. So that's one book that is just so overlooked. And the other one is Revelation. And I I have just finished reading Revelation, and I'm telling you, I just think, it's almost like I need to read Revelation every month. Because it, it it tells the end of the story. And it's some of it's chaotic, some of it is just like, this is bizarre. And yet, the Lord God Almighty is sovereignly in control of every bit of it. He allows his enemies to go so far, but no further. He meets out his punishment of his enemies so far and no further. And the story ends exactly the way God wants it to. And that's what gets us through life. Life is hard. Life is challenging. Uh, There are enemies of God. There is evil. But God is sovereignly, kindly measuring it all out, all according to his divine purposes. It goes only so far and no further. And the story will end exactly the way he intended. And we will be clothed in the linen of righteousness that he describes in Revelation 19 when we're bought brought into you know the the wedding of Christ and his bride. And so I think that another reason why it's worth it is because it lines me up with where the story's going. Hmm. And the story is, yeah, it is really a broken world, and I don't think in this life we will ever fully comprehend how comprehensively broken it is. Hmm. And evil does exist, and our flesh is real, and life is tough. But God, every day, is kindly measuring out his sovereignty affecting his purposes and one day he will bring it all to an end which is really all to a beginning and death will be consumed by life and that's why it's all worth it yeah
0: Wow that is really um That was really encouraging. I think actually that's a great way to wrap up. Um, So, Dad, thank you. Like, I feel like there have been so many good takeaways um, for me. I know we're getting a little bit long, so I'll throw it to you. But any final words as we wrap up?
1: Well, yes. um, Two things Uh, the idea of trust and obedience or faith and faithfulness. Are simple but not easy. Mm -hmm. But I do encourage our listeners to just take these matters to God and ask him to prove these things to be true to you, both by his spirit and from his word. And I do encourage you sometime in this year to read through Ecclesiastes and Revelation. And, you know, some of it may be confusing. Some of it may be, what does this mean? You know, but I think that it'll help you to better understand the place you're at in your life, what this world really is like, what living in this world is like, and that God is bringing it all right along as he planned. At Leadership Edge, we're all about raising up God honoring leaders uh, for the next generation. We do that largely through mentoring and mentor training. And if you'd like more information about our services, please go to our website at www.lead-edge.com. Thanks for listening today.
0: Thanks, Dad. And thanks, listeners, for joining us.
3: Listeners, if you would like to find out more about John's thoughts on life, leadership, and mentoring, please go to the Leadership Edge website at www.lead-edge.com. Or if you have questions or ideas of topics for future podcasts, please reach out to us at lai-edge.com. At we look forward to hearing from you.